I'm a zombie! I've been bitten! You're listening to the Survival Podcast for zombie nerds everywhere. Zombies Ate My Podcast. Hello and welcome to Zombies Ate My Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me, as always, is the busy zombie lord, Lou Page. How's it going, Lou? Uh, I watched Leon kill some stuff this week, and it felt weird to not have a controller in my hand. <laughs> you know what? And it even sounded like Leon, because it's the same voice actor, same right? Voice actor. Yeah. Yeah, that was a big deal. And we are going to talk about Resident Evil Infinite Darkness in just a little bit. But before that, we're going to kick off the show with some news. The virus has completely devastated over 150 of the world's major regions and is spreading rapidly. All right. Well, we've got, uh, you know, half Night of the Living Dead. So if you're a George Romero fan, uh, we have half of that kind of news and we have half Walking Dead news. It really wouldn't be a Zamp episode without something Walking Dead related. But we're going to kick things off with Night of the Living Dead with this. Um, now, Lou, you'll be able to explain it a lot better, so I will let you do so. But Night of the Living Dead 2 teaser hints at the return of Day of the Dead cast. This is not an official sequel, but might as well be considering they are playing it pretty close to the first film. In all honesty, I'm really not sure how I feel about this. Because, yes, all three of these cast members are from Day of the Dead, and it looks like they are all coming back for this thing. But I don't know how I feel about this. Because they, they're the three people that survived the end of Day of the Dead. But they're calling this Night of the Living Dead 2. And Wait. It, and it's a... <laughs> you're, you're telling me that these aren't characters from Night of the Living Dead? No. I just assumed this was Night of the Living Dead 2, the sequel... Uh, weird. Because Night of the Living Dead is a real is the first film, is it not? Yes, made nineteen sixty eight. But this, but this is including it's, cast from Day of the Dead. I am. This so is including cast from Day of the Dead, which was made in like nineteen eighty five. Weird. Okay. And they have an official website. They have a teaser. It's a cool idea, and I hope it's a, I hope it's successful. My vibe is, is the reason they're calling it Night of the Living Dead 2 is because anybody can make a Night of the Living Dead. The, its copyright is lapsed. So you can make any, anybody can re- make a movie and call it Night of the Living Dead or make a, make a new Night of the Living Dead. There is no copyright on it. So I feel like that's what they're doing. I feel like this is technically going to be a sequel to Day of the Dead, but they're calling it Night of the Living Dead 2 because they can. And they don't have to pay for any pay anything for the for the for the name. Yeah, because when I think of Night of the Living Dead, I think of George Romero's first zombie film, and it's a big deal. Uh, and and yeah, like the fact that they're it's kind of confusing, but I get it. They're like cashing in on the name because I'm guessing they couldn't call it Day of the Dead too, right? Because he probably wised up after that first yeah. sort of well, copyright well, issue. I think we've exp- I think we've discussed it on the show before. There was a there was a error in the way he wrote the copyright for Night of the Living Dead and the way it was submitted and it meant that the film was submitted with uh like like only like a year on it or two years on it or something before its copyright expired and it became public domain. So it's one of the first film it's one of the reasons why Night of the Living Dead was shown on so many TV stations and 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 it, and whatnot is it was it went from by like by 1975 it was pretty much public domain. And so anybody could run it on any TV channel and they didn't have to pay royalties or anything on it. Mhm. Interesting. Well, I mean this this is um pretty much a fan film, right? Like this isn't anything I mean, yeah, it's a real movie, but I don't know. It's a, it's a real movie, and it's a fan. It's sort of a fan film, and the fact that they got these three actors to come back is really cool. But I'm not gonna be able to judge this till I see more. Until I see more, it sounds to me like somebody 
somebody's trying to cash in on 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 some nostalgia. Right. Well, speaking of cashing in on some nostalgia and not necessarily in a fan film way, but this feels very official. Night of the Living Dead is getting an animated adaptation and is going to star voices of uh I'm probably going to butcher this name. Is it it's got an accent on it. So is it Dooley Hill? It's um, Dooley Hill. Dooley Hill. See, you know what? I I'm, I'm my mother's then, French. I should have known that. <laughs> yep. And 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 he's going to be playing the role of Ben, our hero from the original Night of the Living Dead. And then alongside him, it's going to be Catherine Isabel, who plays plays Barbara. You'd know her from uh, the Ginger Snap movies. Uh, Josh DeHamel is playing Harry Cooper. Um, I can't think of what he's in. He's in a bunch of stuff. But then the rest of the cast is is James Roday, Rodriguez, Will Sasso, Nancy Travis, uh, Jimmy Simpson, and Katie uh, Sackhoff. It's like all big name celebrities. So this tells me that they at least threw money at the voice acting for this. Yeah, yeah. We don't have. Uh, I don't even know if this key art on screen rant is like from the film or official or anything. But we don't have a trailer to know like what the look and feel of the film is going to be. Uh, but this is a Warner Brothers production, so I'd imagine you're going to find it on HBO Max at some point when it launches. I don't suspect it's coming to theaters. Uh, I feel like this is a straight-to-streaming type thing. Not to, like... This is, yeah. yeah, this is probably going to be straight-to-streaming, but it sounds like this is more official. And with names like this involved, you've got to guess that some... Th- this is definitely more involved with the Romero estate. Yes, yeah. And uh, this article also kind of mentions Romero's final zombie movie, Twilight of the Dead, is currently in development and is based on a treatment that Romero wrote before his death in 2017. Um, I believe his son is in, is either directing it or heavily involved in um, in it getting released, Twilight of the Dead. Yeah, yeah. So there's lots of Night of the Living Dead stuff coming our way in the near future. Sounds like this animated one is going to be something to look out for. Although uh, on Zamp, we have no problem watching uh, other <laughs> levels of quality. I, I mean, I I don't want to comment like the the Night of the Living Dead two slash Day of the Dead, you know, uh, homage casting. It is what it is. Like I, I will watch a trailer and we will talk about it on the show and we will give it that much. Like I don't necessarily want to poo poo it before we have like some solid. Like I don't want to talk more highly about an animated show where we have we don't even know the look and feel of it yet we have just the voice actors although they're stellar voice actors yeah that's what gives that to me is what gives this project definitely more oomph than the Night of the Living Dead two because the Night of the Living Dead two they've gone out of their way to say there's they're not officially a sequel and it, to me if you say that then that means that this is a fan film or this is this is a under an hour film that's going to be more tongue in cheek or just more fun and maybe not necessarily uh not necessarily an official sequel exactly. whereas whereas the night of the living dead they've done a bunch of them that have been really bad this movie's been remade like six or seven times now there's like night of the living dead 3d and it's bad and there's another night of the living dead something that like remastered or read 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 and it's bad and they're all really kind of cheesy and dumb and the fact that they're doing an animated one to me speaks more to the 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 possible quality there's a lot more they can do with animated that could be more fun uh i mean the old i hate to say this i do like the old black and white night of the living dead but it's not my favorite anymore Mm -hmm. Uh, i've seen it so many times and while i appreciate it for it it's day and i'm not against black and white movies i watch i love watching old uh hitchcock movies in black and white it's just over time i've i've grown weary of it and i I've sort of developed a, a a a more of a like for the '90s uh, uh, remake, um, and I'm hoping that maybe the animated one can move that down by move it move the '90s one down a notch, and maybe this will be the one I start watching on a regular basis. Yeah, no, that sounds great. I I agree with you. I'm not um I'm not as big on black and white films as as you are, although I will watch them in in 
if it's part of the movie's original release or it's part of the artistic choices. Um, we watched Night of the Living Dead, I think, for this podcast. It was my first watching, and I really enjoyed it. And it, for what that film was when it releases, it's, it's groundbreaking. So I'm interested to see what they do and what they take away from that film, bringing it into the animated realm and and uh, and and seeing that final product. So this is the first I'm hearing of the animated uh, adaptation, so I'm looking forward to it, and we will certainly report back when we have more information. Uh, we're going to move into the Walking Dead portion of our news, and I mean, July is a busy month. Comic-Con's coming up, and the reason I bring that up is the Walking Dead is probably going to feature heavily on comic-con so i believe our next episode will be focused on comic-con news it'll probably line up just so but uh, before we get there i just wanted to give everyone a quick heads up that bridge constructor the walking dead is free on epic games until july 15th so uh you need an epic account you don't necessarily need to have the epic games launcher on your computer to redeem the game so if you want to like work up the courage to get that epic launcher um you can just uh, get it through the website for now and and work up that uh, that courage. I, I like the, the launcher's fine. It launches apps. I think we're past the point of of uh, complaining about a bunch of launchers these days. But I do understand if folks want to keep their their Steam library pristine. But um, it's free until July fifteenth. I played a bunch of it. I picked it up during the Epic Spring Sale um, in April, and you know. I like the idea of these bridge constructor games. So essentially what you're doing is you are, they have um, uh, Daryl, Michonne, and Eugene showing up through the story, but you're kind of like featured in this like uh, original cast or original group that uh, is part of the game. And you're just trying to move from point A to point B. And it's all these like fantastical setups of like, we got to build this bridge to get across this gap. And then all of a sudden it's like, we got to build a bridge that lets us across the gap, but then explodes when the bad guys come after us. And it just gets crazier from there. And Lou, I don't know if you've had a lot of experience with these bridge constructor games, but I am I have, terrible. I, I have not, but this has been one that I, I, I've been eyeing, but I haven't been willing to pull the trigger. And free makes it right up my alley. <laughs> I know. I looked at my. I looked through my email. It's like ah, I just bought this, and I looked through it. And I'm like ah, April. I think I spent ten bucks, and I and I got my ten dollars of fun out of it. And um, I'm just really bad when it gets to the point of like I like building the bridges, and I like when I have the resources and I can just build the bridge. And I'm like ah, I did it. But when it starts to get into like, no, we got to get across this ravine with an RV, so we're gonna have to build this big jump. Uh, and then you have to get the the RV into the bottom slot and the car into the top slot. And you got to figure out how you build this bridge. So oftentimes I end up just kind of like trying to build my own thing, then scrapping it and looking at a guide. Um, but it's still fun. I like physics puzzles. I'm just really bad at them. Um, but as Lou said, this is the price of free until July 15th. So as of this recording, you got about a week uh, to go in there and get it. Like I said, you don't have to have the Epic Launcher installed. You can go to the website and you can redeem it, but in order to play it, of course, you will need the launcher installed. And uh, you know, Epic has free games. I think this can't be the first free game that's popped up where you're like, "Oh, I got to install that." So I think at this point, I, I, I if I, I leave the I leave the in, I leave the installer installed just so I can collect the free games. I have not actually spent money on the Epic Store ever. Yeah, and again, you don't have to. Like the thing is. Um, I mean, here's the thing. If Bridge Constructor The Walking Dead is what gets you through the door, kudos to Epic in their ability to kind of like have a bunch of free, but there's been tons of free stuff there. And uh, there's been some exclusive that I'm sure have ruffled some feathers, but at the end of the day, yeah, it's not really a conversation for, for this show, but I, but I really do think that this game is worth the click of a button and worth yep. checking out. Yep. So yep. That, that's all, that's all I needed to notice that to sell me on it. Exactly. Um, but let's get into some actual uh, Walking Dead TV show news where Fear the Walking Dead has done these fun things where they do these like little digital shorts. And you always go in and expect them to be bad, but they are actually pretty well done. And uh, they feed right into the main show. And not to be outdone, their next spinoff is actually going to be a zombie submarine spinoff. So... And you're sure that this is going to be like one of their little a a animated things? This isn't going to be them trying to put another show on TV? Oh, 
<laughs> no, the, this is like um, the, oh, the ones. Okay, this I, is gonna be like it's gonna be like Flight Four Sixty Two. Okay. Yeah, which right. is the only one I remember watching was Flight. I don't think I watched Passage or uh, the I Alpha. Th- I I think we watched Passage, but we gave up halfway through. Is Passage the machete short thing? I think it might be. Okay, I did watch that one. It, it was it, that one was um. Because weren't they like one minute snippets during a commercial break of Fear or The Walking Dead? And then. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that was bad. But I didn't like the setup. But I think I think eventually they just released it as a complete set and you could just watch it. And it was like, oh, that was much better than, you know, in between Mountain Dew commercials and whatever AMC is putting out besides The Walking Dead, because that's all they advertise is is their own stuff. I'm fine with this. I'm, I'm fine with this. Knowing that it's one of these digital short shorts or digital series, uh, I just I just don't know if I care. We already know that submarine was there. We already know that what's his name was was a member of the of the the original crew. I don't know what else there is to say. You know. Well, I think that's a good point, and one that I really didn't think about until just now is um. So yeah, this is a going to be a series based on the submarine, the uh, USS uh, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Um and uh the the guy i can't remember his name but the guy teddy's right hand man he was on the ship so we get to see that story which could be interesting yep could be interesting don't know if it will be and i just don't know if i care enough i'd rather just see the main show but that's just me yeah well this is definitely not replacing that main show it's more of a more of a hey let's bridge the gap uh until we have more fear the walking dead to talk about um, and we'll likely have Fear the Walking Dead to talk about soon. But Lou, we got our first sort of real teaser trailer. Well, I say re- it's it's a teaser trailer for uh, season eleven of The Walking Dead, which is back August twenty second, I believe. And this teaser is a teaser trailer. It's a lot of like flashes of characters and stuff. I was gonna say but... it's literally a teaser. I was wondering if they were gonna show us anything from the season, and they're not. It's literally characters holding bows, holding weapons, holding <laughs> guns, and then cutting to like the 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 bad guys in their white uniforms, and then a guy in a red uniform. So I'm assuming he's the bad guy boss. And, yeah, he's a and, big deal. And, and, and that's it. And yeah. I was like, I was like, okay, I get it. You're trying to get me excited. I'm glad this was only a minute long because if you'd pulled, if you'd made me sit through longer than a minute, I'd be annoyed. It's essentially a hype trailer to get us ready for the real trailer that's going to be coming uh, in a couple weeks at Comic-Con. And um, the the Stormtrooper in red is uh, not Captain Phasma. It's uh, uh, Mercer, I guess, which is a big character, Um, you know, big uh, uh, point of shame for us, uh, Lou and I. We did not read the Walking Dead comics um, that was, uh, that's Bob's corner of the show, but, uh, Mercer is a big comic book character and I, I, I guess it was a big deal that they revealed, uh, him for the first time in the teaser. But for you and I, it's kind of yeah. like cool armor, <laughs> you know, he looks, well, he looks not great. O- not only that, not only that, but I mean, I, as someone who hasn't read all the way up to the end, I am familiar with a lot of the plot points and I've read enough spoilers but I can't remember people's names. So I was like, oh, yeah, it's going to be the big bad guy for, for next season. Okay, whatever. Yeah. I don't think Mercer's come up. Like, he's not he's not in line with sort of like the Negans and the yeah. governors of the world. So I, I don't even know if he's a bad guy. He might just be a guy that is there. So, uh, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll find out together. And, you know, if there are comic book readers out there that, that want to chime in on how important... Um, that character is and and whether they're looking forward to the Commonwealth sort of appearing in the walking dead. I know like our biggest anticipation of comic-con news in a couple of weeks is the continuation of, uh, uh, beyond the walking dead. Is it called beyond the walking dead? Or am I just like forgetting what it's called beyond's in there? Is it not? It's, it's, it's the world beyond world. Okay. It's just the world beyond. Um, they, they completely, they did it with fear and then they completely threw out their like naming convention for this, uh, it's called, it's called the walking dead world beyond. No, that's bad. They should have called it beyond the walking dead. And then, and then it it wouldn't have made, it still wouldn't have made any sense. Um, it would have made as much sense of as world beyond as this. Anyways, I don't want to, I don't, we got a lot of shows. It's not like anybody calls these shows by their name. 
They call The Walking Dead TWD. They call Fear The Walking Dead Fear. And they call The World Beyond that crappy show with teenagers. (laughs) Well, Lou, uh, there is a show that we watch that has practically, I would say, no teenagers. There's maybe like one or two teenagers in this whole show. And it is called... There's one kid. There's one kid. (laughs) Yes, thank you. There's one kid. Poor, uh, this poor traumatized kid. And um, we are going to talk about Resident Evil Infinite Darkness. I'm sorry, Market? You're making bioweapons for profit. We can make soldiers who never die. As long as they take regular doses of the inhibitor, they can fight longer and harder than ever before. It's revolutionary, don't you think? You do that to people for money. What kind of monster are you? No, I take it back. You're just f***ing nuts! Lou, Resident Evil has returned in animated form, and Netflix is the exclusive distributor this time around. Uh, We are talking about Resident Evil Infinite Darkness. This is a new Netflix animated series that launched today, well, yesterday. 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 (laughs) Uh, And uh, tells the story between Resident Evil 4 and 5, starring Leon Kennedy and Claire Redfield. There are four episodes of 25 minutes each, and Lou, we watched the whole dang thing. Yes, we did. Uh, and I gotta say, uh, they called it a they called it a show. I'm not why not sure why they called it a show. It's an animated movie that's been cut into four pieces. <laughs> yes. You can you can literally tell where the, it's not really the end of a chapter. It's literally they just went, "Yep, this is where we're gonna end episode one," and it like ends right after like something major happens, and they just went, "Yep, cut it here." Yeah, well, that's a good starting point because my first impression as well was they cut a they cut a two hour movie into TV episodes, but it really felt like there were moments in each episode where they kind of went back to the beginning moment with the same footage, and it really felt like they were like inserting those flashbacks because they didn't feel necessary. I watched it yeah. as if it was a movie, and it felt very yeah. jarring. To keep going it back. felt it felt like they tried to artificially make this about 20 minutes longer than it was <laughs> yeah. yeah not and, not and a deal breaker though not a deal breaker it's fine um i will admit i was watching this in the background while i was working mm-hmm. so i mean so i mean every time it would get to a scene where they were like showing me something they'd already showed me before i'm like all right cool uh, back to work <laughs> but for the most part i i thought it, it for a CGI movie, this is probably the best that Capcom's done. They've done what three in the past before this, three or four. Yeah, and and the first one has not aged well visually. The plot is really complicated and kind of stupid. Uh the second one is better looking but poorly acted. And then I think the third one that they did is just kind of meh all around. Like, I don't think... I think we talked about it on the show, and I don't think it was enjoyable. Like, it's super convoluted, and Chris is the hero, and I think he bumps into Leon at some point, and it's really complicated. You don't even know why the bad guy is the bad guy. It's just some dude. And he's doing, like, this super mysterious, like, guy in a suit thing, and you're like, I don't care. (laughs) And... and 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 this doesn't feel like that. This feels like they were intentionally not just trying to. They were. This feels like Netflix put some money into this to help them. Yeah, story wise, um, it feels. It's not amazing. The story is not amazing. By the end of the first episode, I knew all three of our bad guys. Yeah. I knew exactly who they were. In fact, as soon as the guy that was telling the president we needed to attack China was like, and to China was a problem, uh, as soon as he spoke, I went, up. Oh, he's going to be our real bad guy. Yeah. I said, they're going to make us think that one of these other guys working with Leon is a bad guy. And maybe they are. 
but they're going to be working for this guy. And this guy's going to be the bad guy. And it's funny how he looks and sounds like Donald Rumsfeld. Okay. And literally, that's exactly what they did. The guy that looks and talks like Donald Rumsfeld is the bad guy. And as the movie goes on, you realize just how nuts he is. And you're like, all right, let's kill this guy. And then they don't. You heard it in the uh, in in the clip, and um, he, here's the thing. My what I was gonna say about the story is like the strongest point going for the story, and I think what what makes the whole film as a video game um, attached being like this is I think Capcom has said is considered canon within the mainline Resident Evil games is yeah. that they attach it very firmly to the end of Resident Evil Four. They address Leon as this. Uh, uh, this agent who saved the president's daughter. And I mean, it's it's right here, you know, in this clip where they, they introduce Leon in this way that's like, oh, this is the Leon from Resident Evil 4 and everything he did in 4 is being referenced in, in these moments early on in the yeah. film. And, and, and I think that's one of the things I did really like about it is when Leon is coming, Leon is coming by helicopter because he's been off on like a secret president or something mm-hmm. and when he arrives there's three other agents and there's like the rookie agent the hardened veteran and then like the girl agent and you're like all right we got we got our generic we get our generic hero cast all right cool and uh as soon as they started talking about china i was like oh the girl is asian she's gonna be somehow tied in to the china thing and lo and behold she was and i was like all right cool <laughs> and the big the big broody guy he knew too much and he killed those zombies way too fast almost like he knew they were zombies before they were zombies and i was like uh yeah he's gonna be bad guy and lo and behold he was a bad guy and the rookie guy i was like somehow they're gonna make use of him by the end of this and he's gonna do something to help the de- save the day lo and behold he convinces the president to not make a bad speech i was like all right cool <laughs> Yes. Like, like literally the first, the first 20 minutes, I was like, yeah, I know exactly how this whole thing is going to unfold. And it did, it, it unfolded exactly the way I, I want, I expected it to. And that's not to say it's bad. It's just predictable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was like watching a, 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 a pretty decent CGI anime movie, basically. Yeah. I mean, the visuals are just amazing what they've been able uh, to pull uh, off I- here. It, it it does look really good. I mean, you can tell there's CG if you pay attention, but when they did play that trailer for this between something I was watching on YouTube and my wife was in the room and it kind of like brushed past and she was like, whoa, is that the Resident Evil movie you were talking about? And I was like, no, that's the CG movie. And she went, that's CG? And I mean, it was only like a 30 second clip, so she didn't get really good visual look at it, but I was, but she was, it was good enough that at first glance she was like, are those real people? And she, oh no, they're not. Okay, but th- that tells you that the visuals were good. This was this is on par with basically whatever the current graphics are on most video games. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, like it, if you got a CG cutscene in Resident Evil Eight, it probably was using this same engine. Yeah, I agree. I think they really nailed it, and it feels like they used they ripped the models from Resident Evil Two Remake and aged them and gave them new costumes, and it was like, all right, we're done. the The only thing I found disappointing with this is that I didn't feel like they used Claire to the best uh, to 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 the best degree. Um, I thought her story was one of the more interesting stories going on. Mm -hmm. Everything with Leon is sort of like to get you to the point with his action, to get you to the point with his action, to get you to the point with his some kind of action. And Claire is kind of like doing the murder mystery thing. Um, she knows there's a story. There was a zombie outbreak in some small country, uh, uh, uh Middle Eastern country. And she's part of pe- a group trying to, to establish schools and, and kind of bring the country back from the brink of disaster. And, she finds a kid who saw zombies and she's like, wait a minute. And so she goes back to the U S to kind of figure this stuff out. And then she finds a bunch of soldiers that have all committed suicide. Gee, why did they commit suicide? And then she finds out this other stuff and she kind of goes down this, this rabbit hole of like solving the murder mystery. And right about the time, you know, that she's figured it out. Guys show up to take her 
And literally, she hits a guy over the head with a lamp, and it does nothing. And then another guy tases her. And that's pretty much her only fight scene. And I was like, really? Mm-hmm. That's all we got? Like, I, you know, it just, it seemed, it was kind of weak. And then she gets tied to a chair for, like, the rest of the movie at that point. Like, the whole last episode. And then at the last minute, Leon doesn't even know she's there. Like, she thinks for a second, like, Leon, you're here to rescue me. And he's like, I didn't even know you were here. And I was like, I was like, I was like, okay. Like, it just, it, she just felt like she was being used to kind of give us more backstory. And I thought that it would have been better to have had her maybe on the run and then get kidnapped or something. You know what I mean? Like, they took her real fast. And she didn't put up that much of a fight. It really, it really seems like uh, they included her character as an afterthought to have the Resident Evil two, you know, heroes in this film. Yeah. Um, And their, but their focus was Leon. I mean, we'll go through clips before you know before we wrap up the segment. But I think that a lot of the clips I got were were Leon because he's got the most moments where he's saying dumb shit. You know, while he's doing cool stuff, <laughs> you know. But my, 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 okay, so I need to explain my favorite thing in this entire movie, and it was the thing I was so I, I couldn't stop laughing about, <laughs> and not because it was cheesy, just because I thought it was really clever. So some congressman or senator or somebody that answers to the president, uh, is like, is 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 bitten, and he gets turned into a zombie, and then the rookie, uh, the rookie agent. Uh, protecting the president, uh, shoots him in the chest like five times, and then the thing guy pins him to the ground, and he's like, ah! and then Leon blows the guy's head off, and Leon goes, gotta shoot him in the head. And in the meantime, you know that this guy is like not necessarily important to the plot, but that like he was just talking to the president as somebody like ten minutes ago, and literally the next scene after the whole incident in the in the White House is over is Claire showing up being like, I need to talk to that guy. And his aide is like, uh, he's on a long vacation. And I was like, I was like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of these moments where I think they've structured a, a really good Resident Evil story because it has the mystery. It has the, uh, you know, the, the U.S. military here is partnered with, they don't mention Umbrella by, you know, name, as from what I recall. They do say like, oh, we're working with a chemical or a bioweapons corporation, you know it's Umbrella, but, like, I don't think they outright say the name, but, uh, you know, this is... you have to remember this this Tricell, because this is going to tie right into... This is between 4 and 5, and Tricell is the company that that, uh, Chris and the other, uh, uh, whatever that... I can't remember BSAA agent, that they're investigating in 5, is they think Tricell is... The comp- is the company trying to clean up Umbrella, and then come to find out it's run by a bunch of Umbrella executives. And you're like, oh, okay. And I think that this was hinting at Triso. Okay. Interesting. Well, it's it's one of those things where they uh, the U.S. military is using a, some, some sort of T-virus to infect the citizens and, and cause uh, an outbreak in um i think it's panamistan so it's as it's far not as I know, a real country yeah as far as i know it's made up and um yeah so the u.s military is using this weapon obviously the president doesn't know this because you know plot reasons and uh like it, it sort of comes up as like oh he's trying to create these perfect soldiers like he's definitely a madman and um there's like this moment on the sub where these rat it's a really gross but like works moment where these rats are like coming out of these bodies but they never go back to it are the rats they never, part they, of the virus or all i kept thinking was is that was their try to tie in with las plagas from resident evil 4 oh okay interesting but they never go back to it like you know, it's there present in the sub, which I get because like then you have these smaller rodents that can get into all these crevices and move throughout the sub more easily. I get that side of it, but they don't even allude like I'm assuming that um, the U.S. military guys who go in at the beginning, like, you know, in the in the sort of flashback, they were already infected. And then when they 
some of them when they 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 just die like i'm assuming they were already infected right because the the helicopter crashes and they say oh don't follow in like we need you to leave them be i felt like that was like the military like uh, sending in the virus but um obviously they they then get bit when they go in to rescue them and they have to use these like inhibitors or something so it's a virus that can be you know um you know staved off or something it, it basically it's like they need a vaccine every couple of every couple of weeks yeah or they're gonna turn into a monster which reminded me of uh um is it dead planet or death planet or, or attack of the <laughs> that movie we watched with uh it was it was the rodriguez film oh uh uh, uh what's it called attack of the dead you you're you calling it whatever it is you're calling it is messing it up for me <laughs> you know what we did clips for it i should have it here on the soundboard somewhere it was planet terror planet terror uh you're calling it attack and i'm like no the other one's called death uh, i i was remembering the other De- death proof was the other part of the grindhouse I know. and so i keep thinking death proof and i'm like no no no, that's not it it's planet terror yeah that's all i could remember uh was was the death proof um yeah so like there's there's a little bit of that to it and i i don't really remember that in resident evil lore although like there's a lot in there of course I mean, i'm not gonna tell i'm not gonna tell listeners to run right out and watch this but if you're looking for something to kill two hours you could definitely do worse than this yeah it's if you're a resident evil fan i feel like it's worth checking out it's worth watching and i have a funny feeling that because this is considered canon I have a funny feeling we're either going to get another one of these animated movies or they might tie some of this stuff into the next game. Maybe. Yeah, it really felt like they were touching on it with the big bad who um, not only shows up at the end, but you see it with the original uh, person they saved that was infected and it's kind of crystallizing. And then you see the the bad guy at the very end, or I guess he's not really a bad guy. He's more like he's got his own way of wanting to deal with the issues at hand uh in a bad way he wants to sort of burn the world down but um you know not not that great but he's kind of crystallizing and that reminded me of the way the enemies die in resident evil village they turn into crystals so yeah again all left unexplained in the movie there's a lot sort of just left there sitting but if you're a resident evil fan like you you've kind of come to expect that they really only explain the mission critical stuff and everything else is like like resident evil 4 there's just tons of stuff in that game that's not explained at all you know um well okay and so and so the other thing too is is i kind of called figured that just about every character we got introduced to was gonna die along the way otherwise they would have made cameos in other games along the way and so the asian chick dies the big bo- the, the the big broody guy he gets turned into a monster and then he dies and then I was surprised the Donald Rumsfeld guy lives but he's infected so somebody hand you never see who it is somebody hands him an inhibitor and they're like now you're gonna have to like do as we say and I was like I was like yep that's about what I expected I expect to see his character make a cameo in another animated movie or uh maybe get alluded to in another game yes this is alluded to as well it's it's labeled as season one uh obviously we know netflix has a partnership with capcom to develop resident evil content with the live action series uh, uh, coming honestly this honestly this got pumped out really fast so i really wouldn't be surprised if we get another one of these every year yeah i i'd be down for that i i like resident evil i enjoy you know using my netflix subscription for stuff other than paw patrol so i'm a big fan of uh this was this this was a this was a fun watch but it wasn't like groundbreaking or anything yeah as a resident evil as a resident evil fan i was like oh cool we got more leon we got more claire and we're killing zombies cool in fact i was really taken back and i really liked the fact that the whole opening is basically zombies in the white house and yeah. I was like, and, and they handled it really well. In fact, I was explaining to somebody the other day that that's what happens in the opening is that it's like zombies in the White House. And they're like, after after Raccoon City, you'd think that the White House would have it under control. And I was like, actually, the scene is only like five minutes long. They literally clear out all the zombies in the White House in like 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, it felt like not a, a, a great threat, but they still 
they still nail that sort of like initial unknown, what are we dealing with? And it felt, it was really well done. And um, there's a lot to, you know, the first episode that's going to give you an idea of, of exactly what you're going to experience. Like Lou said, there's less, there's much less Claire in the first episode and, and throughout the, the series. Um, I still I think... I say there's a lot of Claire in the first episode. And then substantially every episode after there's a little bit less and a little bit less. And then in the last episode, she, she, she's in about half the episode. Yeah. I still think the, the best sort of post to Claire that I've played, I've not played code Veronica, but, um, I still really liked her main character presence in Resident Evil, uh, revelations to episode one penal colony. Um, which is the only episode we played on the show. And uh, for listeners, longtime listeners, you'll remember that we just kept saying that over and over and over again. And for some reason, uh, I thought it was funny. I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I, I'm kind of getting into the hankering to play a Resident Evil game. And I've played through one. I've played through two. I've played through three. I've played through four so many times. It's it's pathetic. And I've played through five maybe once or twice. I will never play six again. But part of me is going, you know, there is Revelations and Revelations 2. You never did finish Revelations 2. You should go back and play Revelations. Yeah. Resident Evil Revelations Revelations. 2. That was, uh, and they've been re-released. I think they are both available as a package on PS4, PC, and Xbox One. So, like, they run on modern hardware. I think they're even on the Switch. You could probably play them on your Switch. I'm not going to play it on my Switch. I own both on PC already. Look, the best way to go back to a game is to buy it again. Because then you have Never. Like, some monetary am, reason to do it. No, I'm a cheapskate. I will just go back and play the game I already bought. Yeah. No, I understand. I definitely uh, agree with you there. I'd probably go back and, and play on the original platform where I've owned it. But it, uh, it, It's funny, too. It's funny, too, because I, I remember the original Revelations was made for the 3DS and they really did a pretty good job upresing and re- redoing the graphics for PC. Look, I don't even want to tell you what platforms I own Revelations on because I'm pretty sure it's on uh th- definitely the original 3DS and I remember buying the uh cuz the 3DS only had the one control stick which was a problem for uh tank controls. Um but you know we we may do but I bought the little attachment for the 3ds that gave you the extra um thumbstick and it was not so and it was only for the the small 3ds not the 3ds xl which i quickly upgraded to um once once it came out but uh that it was like it made the 3ds kind of like a boat you like placed it in it and um it was through the ir sensor so there was this delay it wasn't like connected through bluetooth or a direct connection it was through it was sending the signal through the ir sensor so there was a bit a bit of a delay and i remember that being a pain in the butt but um i also own resident evil revelations on the wii u uh so i i can't express how many times i've bought four yeah well you could do it again on oculus if you want no (laughs) <laughs> uh, at this point, I've bought Resident Evil 4 at least five times. Yeah, I think um, I... GameCube I have the, and Wii I, for sure. I had the original GameCube. Uh, then I got it. Someone gifted it to me on PS2. Because uh, they didn't realize I had the GameCube. And then I bought it again on Wii. Then I bought it again on PC. And I think I've got it on something else now, too. And I was like... And it was gifted to me, I think. And I was like, I've And I've played and beat it on every single one of them. I've only beaten it maybe once and a half. I, I, I definitely beat it on GameCube. And then I played it on Wii. I am... The question is, the question is, have you unlocked uh, the Unlimited Magnum? Ugh, unlikely. I Those games I usually just play once and I move on. I have, I have unlocked everything in Resident Evil 4. Everything. I literally can play through the game and like one shot everything the whole way through the game. Wow. Well, that's impressive. Uh, I mean, you know, before we wrap up, I do have some clips here that I'll play for you and I'll warn you ahead of time. They're all Leon and Leon related. And really it goes back to your comment that Claire did not have a lot. Her best um, moments were uh, the moment you saw in the clip where she's, she's sort of um, breaking up the monologue from the bad guy and uh, she has a moment at the end where she basically tells Leon he's a dick and walks away. Um, 
and and but that was you know that was the end of the movie so i didn't want to play it but uh, i do have these clips for leon uh this one is uh is called uh that leon leon isn't the guy who saved the president's daughter yep that leon he's more than qualified qualified <laughs> more like lucky the only reason he's the golden boy now is because he was in the wrong place at the right time so that gives you an idea of the main characters. Uh, that's where they're waiting for Leon to show up. And um, you get a sense that, you know, not a lot of people think or know Leon to be this this hero, even though us as the players know him to be a hero. Uh, from my, favorite, my, fav- my favorite moment, though, is that none of them know about him being a cop in Raccoon City. <laughs> and, and then at one point he tells somebody, yeah, I survived Raccoon City. And they're like, are you unkillable or something? Yeah. Yeah. The the guy who survived, uh, the hero of Panamistan is like, whoa, you were there? No way. No one survived that. But like, there are literally two people who did survive um, that that city being nuked <laughs> in this movie. Um, so yeah, it is, it is quite fitting. Uh, the moment that Lou alluded to with the, of course, it's a zombie film. You got to shoot him in the head, guys. Come on. Leon, shoot him in the head. That stops him. So, um, pretty much sets up the rest of the film where now everybody is a perfect headshot. So, not many people miss after he tells them shoot him in the head because that's what it takes to be a. But my my favorite marksman. moment, my favorite moment while that's going on is they're using pistols, and then when they realize that there's more zombies, they go into a thing and they come back out with machine guns. And they've got machine guns, and then all of a sudden, the machine guns are on their back, and they're holding pistols again. And I was like, why are you doing that? Conserving ammo. I don't know. Uh, there is a badass moment where Leon, you know, is is doing some John Wick stuff with the zombies and the pistol, and uh, he follows that up. With, yeah, he uh, he shoots lines. one without even looking, and I was like, oh, they, they, they're doing that. You can't even do that in the video games, but he's able to do it here. I guess uh, that's why they haven't included Leon in any Resident Evil games afterwards, and yes, I am ignoring the fact that he was in 6, so uh, as we all do. Um, yeah, he had some really His cheesy moment, lines. His moment in 6 is the only playable thing in that game. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. I think it's one of the few that I actually played so uh yeah here's here's some more cheesy lines here rest in peace assholes so there's there's a lot of that and my personal favorite uh where the rats show up is is this one wish i had some cheese so that's a quick one i don't know if you heard that wish i had some cheese he's saying wish i had some cheese so after killing a bunch of rats or no, 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 yeah. this, this is after the rats show up it en masse for the second time. Yeah, and, and they're chasing he, him. Yeah, and he's like, he has the time to say, wish I had some cheese. He's not even running away. He's saying the line, staring at all these rats. Away. And then he runs away, yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's peak Leon. Uh, it's the Leon you remember from Resident Evil 4. He's more like self-serious in the second one because he's like this rookie cop and he's trying to impress everybody. But in 4, he's just... He is wisecrack. He's aware of his situation, and he's just trying to have a, trying to get out alive while also um, having some quick quips. So we get more of that Leon here. But uh, yeah, he he had he had some lines, Lou, uh, and and those were the ones I captured. Uh, that is pretty much going to wrap up our chat on this Netflix original series. You can watch all the animated ones. They're all on Netflix. They pop up after you finish this one. Uh, Lou gave you a sort of a rundown of which ones you should check out. But again, some of the one, the first one was a 2008 film, so just keep that in mind when you're uh, when you're perusing the Netflix collection. Um, coming up on Zamp, we've got as I alluded to, uh, alluded. I'm using that a lot. As we discussed, uh, The Walking Dead returns at the end of August, so we've got a bit of summer fun to fill in as we move our way into August. Um, we have Comic-Con next week. Uh, we have a couple of listener emails, listener suggestions that we're going to check out over the next couple weeks as well. And, uh, there might be some other surprises along the way. Maybe a movie. Maybe we do like a movie. It's been a while since we've talked about some zombie films. I'm sure Lou's got like a laundry list of homework he wants me to do, even though I've been doing the show for how long? I feel like I've caught up. I feel like I'm good now, right? No. No? You're never going to be caught up. (sighs) 
All right. All right. Well, if you I have an encyclopedia of zombie films sitting next to me on this desk, whereas I've seen like 70% of this book and you've seen like 10. So trust me, there's more for you to watch. All right. All right. Well, uh, you heard her here first. There's definitely uh, more for me to watch as Lou has purchased a book specifically to torture me. Uh, So we'll go with that. Um, If you want to, you know, find more ZAMP, uh, find more discussions, go to our Discord. Our ZAMP Discord is at bit.ly slash ZAMP Discord. I want to thank the patrons over at patreon.com slash zombies ate my podcast. Every dollar you put into that Patreon goes right back into the show to help it make it the best zombie podcast. I get we can say that the best zombie podcast, I think. Um, if there are others, certainly let it, I know there are others, but it's a podcast. There's lots of podcasts. But if you want to support this one, best way to do it is through Patreon and the pays for hosting and all that fun stuff to keep the lights on. We thank our patrons. Uh, you can go to our website, zombiesatemypodcast.com. You can Im- email us, info at zombiesatemypodcast.com. You can follow us on the socials, Twitter and Facebook. If you want to find uh, me on Twitter, I'm at R. Murphy, and Lou is at Busy Zombie Lord. And a uh, quick shout-out to Joel Duggan for the artwork. You can check out his stuff at joelduggan.com. Lou, as always, I want to conclude the show with your fantastic knowledge of zombies. Remember what Leon said have to shoot them in the head. Ooh, it rhymed too. Leon? Shoot him in the head. That stops him. Like I said before, that outfit doesn't suit you. I'll stop this.